Hey there, boys, girls, and flying squirrels. My name's Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. This week, I finally got my opportunity to speak with one of the best rock bands in Minnesota, Harper's Jar. I talked with Devin, Dunn, and Kyle about the band's long-awaited debut record, The Paper House, and their beginnings as a band. Some of the information in this interview has since changed when it was recorded back in February. However, I will pop back in to explain more when we get there. It's Harper's Jar on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Well, I'm joined by Devin, Kyle, and Dunn of Harper's Jar. How are you guys doing today? Y'all doing, doing today? Great. great. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> so first we start out, we'll talk about your debut record in a little bit. Um, thank you, Ancestor Finger. But I want to start out with a little bit of kind of history leading up to where we are today. So kind of talk about your first kind of introductions into music, and then we can get to how the band came together. So yeah, we'll start. I don't know who wants to go first. Um. Well, uh, I moved up here in 2015 from Arkansas and kind of started writing songs around then. Uh, About a year and a half or so after that, I got in touch with Kyle. Before then, I had just been writing songs. We couldn't really find a drummer, Mm -hmm. so. Gotcha. What what took you from Arkansas all the way up to Minnesota? My truck. Oh, that's, you know, helpful. What, what about Minnesota? It, it's just there are more people, okay. you know? I mean, I was just going to go somewhere in the Midwest because originally I'm from Indiana. Okay. Similar, yeah. you know, just type of more familiar terrain. Mm-hmm. And um, Little Rock doesn't exactly have very much in terms of, like, a music community or even places to play at all. Mm-hmm. So I figured it was any one of the bigger cities in uh, the Midwest. Gotcha. Kyle, you want to go? Uh, yeah, sure. I moved up here from Iowa actually okay. five years ago, and just I, my band at the time moved up. So okay, what what band was that at the time? Uh, it was called Kick. Okay, it wasn't very, didn't last very long, but I'm glad it got me up here. Yeah, so, so it was good. So did you start writing and performing in Iowa, and then yeah, I played in bands since okay. I was in like middle school and okay. stuff, but didn't really take it. It was always something fun to do until I moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized like really wanted to focus on it. Where did Devin? Where did you and Kyle meet then? Uh, we actually met, me and Devin went to middle school together oh. for one year. Nice. Then Devin moved <laughs> to Arkansas. Yeah. And we uh, we played some music. We were in a, like one of our first bands ever, just for like a few months mm-hmm. before Devin moved. But yeah. And so then when I moved up here, Devin wanted to move and I told mm-hmm. him Minneapolis was pretty yeah. cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. And then Don, how did you kind of start playing music? And um, I grew up in Farmington, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I uh, was hilariously bad at sports as a kid. Mm-hmm. My dad was really supportive of <laughs> trying to see if I was good at anything, mm-hmm. and uh, music clicked. Uh, then I later found out that everybody's a guitar player, mm-hmm. nobody's got a bass player. Filled that gap, and then uh, yeah, I just kind of joined everything I could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what sports did you play? Did you until how long did it take you playing sports? Did you realize you were bad at? Is um, someone in the same boat myself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, it's funny. I, uh, I've always had a bad left eye. Okay. Uh, kind of on what we were talking about earlier. Really? Yeah. And, uh, so playing baseball as a right handed batter, I got hit by every pitch. Oof. So that one kind of stung a lot. Yeah. Um, as well as, uh, yeah, it was pretty much just baseball. Mm. I was super bad at. <laughs> gotcha. So then, wh- so Harper's Jar came together. What year was that? 2018, 2017? I mean, the name. 
since 2015, but okay. we didn't start playing shows really until 2017. Oh, okay. Just because we couldn't finalize a lineup. Because you it's had... Or at least an initial lineup. Yeah, you had a different basis at the time. <laughs> when... There's a short time with like a different drummer before okay. me too. Okay. I went we don't Harper's care about Jar. that. No. Yeah, that's right. it was like I went and saw Harper's Jar a few times before I joined, and just it was like that's back when they lived at the Paper House. Mm. Go to those shows and always be like, damn, mm. you guys had a good drummer. <laughs> you <have> a good <laughs> cool drummer. Yeah. Band, so. Gotcha. Since you mentioned Paper House, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I never ended up going to any shows. Unfortunately, by the time I was like aware of it, it was on the way. It was already done, and I was yeah. like, but tell me about just that entity because it because we well, we'll talk about this in a little bit ed sedgwick uh, it kind of felt almost like a the factory vibe with the whole bands playing there i know when i talked to partition taylor a lot of those early like music videos and stuff and recordings were done in the basement and stuff like that what was oh yeah i mean, I mean that was just that was like this that was just the central mm-hmm. focal you know point. yeah like that's where we based everything out of for most of the uh history so far mm-hmm. um it came about as a vessel to play mm-hmm. mainly because when we moved to town like well, when i moved to town i didn't know anybody and it took me a while to get to know people so it was a way to get the band to play with other bands in town because i mean you couldn't ignore us if we said mm-hmm. hey we got this fantastic you know basement you can play here blah 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 curate a lineup you just got to throw our band on it oh, okay <laughs> yeah yeah so, so it was definitely a it was that was the brainchild who initially came up with the, you came yes. up with the okay and then you're just like well you, you need to play somewhere so yes nice um what what finally just like cuz that house just like fell apart or what was the the whole <laughs> well, kinda, I mean, the end of that i don't know if it if fell apart's the right word we just kind of outgrew it yeah okay you know, the last year I wasn't doing really any booking whatsoever. Mm. I was on the way out. I'd already been there for f- about four years. Okay, mm. so it was just there was there were like two and a half years. There was booking before that. There was a solid two and a half years where uh, between us we had two or three shows booked mm. like per week for a lot of it. Yeah, and so it got just kind of exhausting. Not just we weren't playing all the shows then, but we were playing a lot of them, and then just. Wanting to go do other things some nights when there was always a show. show yeah, because it's uh, yeah. Essentially, you ha- you're stuck in your home doing, even though you're doing something you enjoy. You're still not being able to leave. Because I I like the name Paper House was just always I always saw it on Facebook and looking at gigs and stuff like that. Because and then there was that little docu series that was done on it. How did that come? Because that was was that oh, SWA um, Media. It was like Ask a yeah, Punk or whatever. We just um, somebody asked us if they could do it. Okay, so we said sure. Love you, Swa. Yeah, Swa. Um, so then moving on, you released your first, like the first single for your debut record, Thank You, Ancestor Finger, in I think it was November. That was uh, Dandy Golden Blue. And then we were able to premiere the music video for your second single, Home is a Roach Motel. I was wondering the second, because you, you had a music video for Home is a Roach Motel. I wonder if you talked about a little bit about that, because it's this very much aloof video collage of just mixing what it seemed like old home movies with like performances with like random TV clips. Uh, well, basically I had access to an eight millimeter mm-hmm. and I'd never made a video. So I figured I'd give that a go. Okay. Was there any sort of like, any sort of like rhyme or reason or like thought process going into it or was it? Well, I don't know. Just um, mm-hmm. trying to, um, trust my gut mm-hmm. and match images with sound. 
Okay. Gotcha. Now, taking one step back, as I got a little ahead of myself, you put out Ode to a Luna Moth, Luna Moth in, I think it was 2017. There was like, so there's like a pretty significant gap in time between that EP and your debut. What, what about, like, what happened that made it just kind of wait? Were you working on songs? Was it just, there's, was there a reason for the delay or? Um, we, uh, the reason for the delay was about a year and a half after uh, Luna Moth came out, we switched and got a new bass player. Oh, okay. So we were honestly about to record an album then. It didn't happen, okay. which I think was very good, because mm-hmm. I think what we made now is much better than what would have happened. So. so were all of the songs that are on, uh, Thank You, Ancestor Finger, were those written before? No. No, no Edie Sedgwick and Roach Motel got, I mean, we didn't f- write or finish those until probably about two weeks before we recorded those. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I think the oldest one on there is When You're Without Me. Mm-hmm. It's about two and a half years old. Okay. But um, some of them are very modern. When when it comes to creating the songs, is it a pretty collaborative effort among the band, or is it one somebody brings a song or a riff, or what's, how does that work? Tell me about kind of the writing process. It's 33 or, and a third, you know. Just, yeah. I'll bring in usually some kind of core thing. Yeah. And then everybody will just embellish on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Did you record the record yourself then, or was it, do you work with somebody, or? Uh, we recorded it with Jordan Blue. Okay. At a um, Future Condo studios, Okay. Which We're, is over by Moon Palace. I can't okay. remember where exactly. Over gotcha. There. How, was it, cool. how was it working with Jordan and kind of putting it together? Awesome. Awesome? Yeah. Are you, cause did you go in the studio for the EP, Otoluna Moth, then, or was that... Uh, we did that in the paper house okay. basement, actually. So what was it like switching over from doing it like doing it yourself and the, to moving into a studio and working with somebody else? It was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same procedure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I felt comfortable enough doing it. Um it was, tra- I don't know, it was a transition. It was yeah. bigger. Yeah. Know, so. mm-hmm. And also, Jordan yeah. was really easy to work with. Okay. So. Did he have? Did he? Did he input his like? I. Did yes. He, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was very, very hands on, and mm-hmm. he's got a really good ear. Okay. Really, really good ear. Mm-hmm. So he. Um, he seemed to understand the vision that mm-hmm. we were going for, and could even expand on it at okay. certain times. Yeah. This is this is a question a few down, but I want to jump in now since you mentioned the vision. I know before we get into like dig a lot into the like the meat and some of the themes of the record. Um, I know when you did your Radio K interview last year, you talked about um, making a record you wish you would have found at like seventeen. Sure. Do you think you did that yes. with, with this record? Yeah. 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 I would have loved this record. What What about it makes would have made you makes you would have made you love it if you found it as a teenager? I think it kind of takes a lot of, you could tell it's taken from a lot of different sounds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it really, you could tell just, it takes from a lot of different influences. A lot Mm -hmm. of things that we really liked, a lot of things we grew up on, and just kind of the diversity of the album. Gotcha. So then moving more into kind of the meat of Thank You, Ancestor Finger, uh, I really want, in the like little kind of, like meeting between heavy meadow and brace cove that i sat in on um it was it was brought up that that it's a bit of a an homage a paying homage to something especially like we have ode to a luna moth and then this one's thank you ancestor finger are you referring to a specific like person place or idea with kind of those i those sure titles? uh roots roots you know like um the kind the the basis the mm. first kind of the initial mm. muse maybe 
okay. uh, the uh, the archetype, if you will, that type of thing. Just an homage, mm-hmm. if you want something yeah. like that, I suppose. Yeah. What's the roots then for for y'all? Great question. Because <laughs> I came up with a little like blurb I got sent about uh, the debut record. You talk about finding kind of that paying homage, that finding what was the the line I had written down, the ancestor lighthouse, the family tree, kind of sure. that bridge kind of idea. Are you take the roots? I don't know. Um, most middle, like I guess, American places, Indiana, Arkansas, places like that. Um, good melody. Mm-hmm. Um, reds, blacks, yellows, whites, those colors. Okay. You know? And and I think it kind of ties into it, be, uh, it being our first album. Mm-hmm. It's just tying back to the roots, where this is like. Musically, everything we've really worked towards to this point in our life. Yeah. It's all together. Okay, because I know, again, in that little blurb, it was that completing your chapter one, and I was wondering if that meant more than just literally it's your first record as like a band. It's almost, because like you have an EP out and you had the single you put out, Aphrodite, a little bit ago, but like this is your first full statement sure. as a band. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a first one. Mm-hmm. So... Well, digging a little bit more into the themes of the record, tell me about kind of the thoughts and ideas and things that went into, because there's, it's a big mix of everything. There's like kind of almost, I don't want to like distill it down to like love songs, but there's moments like that. There's like BuzzFeed America, which seems almost like a, like a talk about, to talk about like the commoditization and kind of the, that really easy bite kind of content to almost that very psychedelic almost spiritual imagery that's found on some of those songs kind of talk about that i know it's a broad topic but just the the, um like a like lyrical topic yeah oh um this and that really um a lot of those were circumstantial and contextual Mm -hmm. um we didn't have most of the lyrics for the majority of the writing period. Mm-hmm. I think um, half of those I wrote at Jordan's house before the recording of it. Okay. So I'm not quite sure yet. I gotcha. You haven't really dug into what they mean to yourself yet? or I've, Well, certainly that. Yeah. Certainly. Um, but I don't really... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of based like the lyrical part of it on the way it makes my gut feel. Okay. Whether or not that I could, whether or not I could identify clearly with what it was about, say any song in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Gotcha. Was, was were the lyrics the last thing to appear on, yeah, on the record? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So then I want to talk about Edie Cedric, which is the the kind of the 15-minute multi-movement opus that closes out the record. Tell me about writing that song, because obviously, it, did you intend to f- put it out with this massive, like, multi-movement thing? Was that the intention originally? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So who had that idea, or who came up with that, or did what? Just 
Talk to me about the sock. Sorry. My I brain think it just, just happened. It just happened. Devin yeah. kind of talked to me once, conceptualized this idea mm-hmm. of what the ending could be. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just, we just started jamming it. And mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of, that one was, because that was like a one take. On was it really? Too. It's just, just jammed. Yeah. Jammed. Okay. Uh-huh. With one take, did that include, because like it gets really just almost animistic and just they're screaming and it's just noise. Everything kind of degrades and it goes quiet. And then it comes back with almost like a a noise section. Is it what 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 I could have only imagined is people just on the ground playing with the pedals and the feedback and what have you. Was that like whispering section? Did that just all off the top of your oh, head then, or I wouldn't say the top. <laughs> okay, I just made that with my with yeah, my no, little reel to reel. Yeah, oh, okay. and we just Up kind of put them together oh, okay. after mm-hmm. the fact. So you had the first like ten ish or so minutes. And yeah, then... I checked. I had it um, recorded on a tape. And I was listening back to some of my old tapes of stuff that I recorded at my house. Mm. And I found that one and just kind of, you know, nicked it off to the side. And then after we had the recording, the, the 11 minutes where it's all of us playing, yeah. then we just put them together. That's actually a demo. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we wanted to release that information. Or yeah, not. the end section or, or EDC. Uh, the, the, it was originally going to be the demo, but it was just the the energy and just okay. everything was really there. So we ended up using it on the final album. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Trying to recreate it in studio was kind of a moot idea. Oh, okay. So it's just yeah, you can make it perfect, or you could have something that really shines as itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that was kind of the other thing with it is. It was one take because it was a demo, and it's not necessarily perfect, but it was mm-hmm. just—it's yeah. all there. It's—I don't know—I so, feel like all the emotion and everything mm-hmm. is supposed to be there. So, so was, where where was that demo recorded, or was it uh, at our practice space? Okay, was that all like like a four track kind of thing, or um, our buddy Abe from Nice came okay. and yeah. recorded it. Yeah, nice. Um, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, did you attempt to recreate Edie Cedric in the studio then before? Uh, or was it just you were? Yeah, we we attempted it, but honestly, the demo just sounded so much okay. better. And Abe is great at what oh, he does yeah. as well. So yeah, we're really impressed with how he made just something from a practice mm. sound that great too. Most definitely. Hey, it's Joe again to interrupt this interview for a quick aside. When this was recorded back in February, concerns over COVID-19, the coronavirus, were incredibly low—a mere blip on our radar in Minnesota. Well, since then, as you are well aware, concerns have ramped up more and more as people get sick. And as you are also well aware, many of the shows and tours that are about to be mentioned have been canceled. At this point, the Harper's Jar album release show with the Miami Dolphins Casual and Grandma has been moved to May 16th. And details about that can be found on the Harper's Jar album release show event page on Facebook. As I still understand it, the album, thank you, Ancestor Finger, will be released on April 10th, and you can still pre-order it right now through Brace Cove Records or Heavy Metal Records. I don't mean to patronize, as many of you listening have been greatly impacted by this pandemic, but if you have cash to spare, think about supporting the bands, labels, and other music entities here in Minnesota so they can continue to do what they love to do. From us here at Ear Coffee, stay safe. Wash your hands, and we'll see you on the other side. We'll go back to the interview. Um, so then you have the album, Thank You, Ancestor Fingers, coming out in April of this year, so in a month or so from this uh, recording of this. Um, you guys have tours and stuff planned, or what's kind of that, that future looking like? 
Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We've got a tour <laughs> in, uh, in April that is not announced yet. But nice. uh, we're playing out in uh, at Forcella in okay. Bowling Green, Ohio. Nice. Yeah, that's part of the tour. And that's looking like it's going to be pretty cool. we got a lot of mm. Minneapolis bands on it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to the East Coast after that and swinging back. So. Oh, nice. Is that your first like big tour? Or? I know uh, you guys are pretty active as a band when it comes first to... First one actually hitting the coast. Oh, nice. Yeah. So has, it all, has it all been pretty like... Yeah, we've got regional, to, pretty much. Yeah, okay. we've gone out to like as far east as like Ohio mm. and stuff like that. We've gone out to Montana and Colorado. Mm. And we've done all that stuff, but that was one of the goals is post album to hit the coast this year too. So most definitely. Now I wanted to reference that Radio K interview again, just because I know Devin, you mentioned Home is a Roach Motel is your favorite track, on, or at least back then. It's been a few months since then. It was at the time, uh, certainly. What's but your, that's because it was so fresh too. I think. Okay. Like, I don't know if we had it. For a month at that point, it was pretty new. Yeah, yeah, we were really excited about that one when okay. we came into the studio because that one was like a week old. Okay, when we went in. so then it's pretty fresh. Changing it, so then since that's kind of developed, do you do you what? Were you guys' favorite tracks on the record and why? Hmm. So we got. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's tricky. I always kind of go back and forth. I think. Hmm. Um, I really like Paper Moon. I like the way that one turned yeah. out. I like the way that one sounds a lot, but I hard to tell. I feel like every time I listen to it, I think a different song turned out the best. Okay, yeah. I think for me specifically, the She's All Over Me song yeah. is my favorite because, well, for a few reasons, but specifically at the very end, there's a little guitar, you know, melody that mm. kind of sits on the top of the outro of it. And... I got to use the guitar that Jordan had used in his old band, Frankie Teardrop. Okay, yeah. To do that, just because I didn't have my guitar there. Like, I just got to, you know, pull it off the wall and use his guitar. And their record, Hell Yep, was a very influential record mm-hmm. on me, which, you know. So, it, it, it was a nice kind of yeah. way to tie it all together with the initial, I guess, uh, analysis of the uh, album title we mm-hmm. talked about. I didn't really, I didn't, you mentioned Frankie Cheerup, I didn't realize Jordan was a member of that band or. Yeah, we actually, uh, we ended up working with Jordan because a year and a half ago, there was a Halloween show and me and Devin played in a Frankie Teardrop cover Cover band band for Halloween. (laughs) That's funny. And then Jordan reached out to us. Okay. And we ended up working with him. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. Worked out really well. Mm -hmm. And then you have a album release show coming up in in April as well. You're playing with Grandma and Casual, right? Is that the... I know that... And Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. That's the other one. Because you... you, Well, one, you tour with Grandma. You tour with Grandma a significant amount, right? Yeah. 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 And then Casual is just Casual, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing that tour in April with Casual. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, so just did you pick those bands on yes okay, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah some of our favorite bands, bands? okay awesome well that kind of wraps up all of my questions you guys really just banged through them um, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up hmm. I kind of want to I might ape one of Wes's questions which is do you have any bands you want to shout out since you guys are pretty involved in the Bands, let me think. You listen to really, yeah, so many. Uh, I think local bands, new primals, new primals. Yeah, I'm excited for their album. Yeah, Uh, Marmalade, Marmalade. There's so many. There's so many. Yeah, casual, obviously. Yeah. Oh man, it's it. You get to a point. 
Oh yeah, yeah. that band. Last couple times I've seen them, mm-hmm. blown me away. You get to a point where like if you leave a band out in this segment, yeah, like, people are gonna get upset. Yeah, yeah, but you don't mean we don't mean to. There's just too many. True. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's just so much talent. We're not gonna spend the next forty minutes being like mm-hmm. naming every band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, exactly. There, I don't know. There's something special going on mm-hmm. here. Right yeah, now. there's what a lot a- of talent. What a wonderful city to be mm. doing this thing in. Mm-hmm. So many people to bounce it's it better off than of. Little Rock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, better than Jefferson, Iowa. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming over and talking to me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.